What's up, Almost Founder, and welcome back to the Practical Podcast, where successful founders teach us how to build our own startups from the very beginning. I am your host, Kurosh Ghaffari, and today we will be learning about competition in a startup from a man who's been a real rival to the likes of Starbucks and Costa's Coffee. I am speaking about Pablo Ettinger, the co-founder of Cafe Nero. Starting in 1997, Pablo and his team grew Cafe Nero to one of the UK's largest coffee houses with over a thousand locations in 11 countries, 5,000 employees, and over $480 million in yearly revenues. Let's get to my first question and learn today to use tomorrow. The one thing I found for competition that is always true is that Googling the buzzwords you use to describe your business is a guaranteed way to stress yourself for the rest of the week. You immediately find a dozen competitors right there on the web. But are they all actually my competitors? Probably not because everyone uses the same buzzword. So my first question to you is, how do I identify an actual competitor? Wow. Well, um, I mean, I, I, I think the first place you have to look is at your customers and who your customers are and ask yourself the question, if, the, if those customers weren't coming to you, where would they be going and why would they be going there? Um, because that starts to get you into a very interesting discussion of, well, what can you do differently? You know, if, if there is a competition out there and your customers are, you know, going to that competitor for maybe the same reasons, you know, let, let's look at coffee. You know, there are lots of coffee bars. So why would they go to another competitor rather than you? And really understanding the psychology of the customer um, and what is driving that customer's you know, choice, uh, essentially, why would they go to one coffee bar rather than the other? You know, that's what you have to really get into and understand. And, and that is really understanding the customer. Um, and until you can do that, uh, it's very difficult for you to create any competitive advantage if there is a competitor. Okay, so you've just spoken about needs and wants for everyone listening. A need is something that we all have to solve a problem. A want is how we want to solve that problem ourselves. So what you have said is that the need for coffee as a beverage might be the same for everyone, but the wants of how people want to get it is different. So some people might come to Cafe Nero because of the music, because that's a way they want to enjoy their coffee. And some people might go to a restaurant for their coffees for any other reason. So Imagine there is a restaurant serving coffee next to Cafe Nero. How do you find out if these other businesses are perfect substitutes for your product? Yes, yeah, so you have to really understand the hierarchy of needs of that customer. And, and that really then comes down to understanding how the market is segmented and the different needs of different types of customer. So to give you an example, you know, a lot of people say, well, Cafe Nero um, is really in trouble because there are all these independents out there now. But actually, the type of customer we serve is very different because in, in our hierarchy of needs of our customer, probably right up the top is time, at least in the morning, that is true. 
you know, time to get your coffee and be out because people are in a big hurry and, and, and you know, really they care more about how long it's going to take their coffee than maybe the actual how good the coffee is. Whereas maybe in the afternoon, you know, they're much more relaxed and what they want is a, an unbelievably good uh, coffee made in, uh, in an independent and it might take five minutes, but they don't care at that time of day. So there, you know, you have a great example of actually it's the same customer, but their needs are different at different times of day. Um, and their hierarchy of needs is very different. So you, you have to understand that. Okay, so it's not more about the problem that this specific company who might be my competitor is trying to solve because this problem might be felt by many different people. It's rather how that specific customer wants that problem to be solved. And if the other competitor company is trying to do it in the same exact way as you, then they're a perfect competitor. I want to take you back to the time of starting Cafe Nero. And it wasn't the first coffee shop to ever exist. I think you were about 500 years late. <laughs> well, that is interesting. I mean, obviously, there have been coffee bars in this country for many, many hundreds of years. That, that's right. But when we came along, and I appreciate that a lot of the audience aren't going to remember, <laughs> you're too young. But in 1997, when we, we really um, came along, there, in, a, in a way, there was no competition right? Costa had just got going and they had about 15. Um, but, you know, Starbucks went in the market. There was another competitor, Coffee Republic. And then we, we came along. But, you know, if, if you think now there are, you know, 20, 30,000 branded coffee bars in this country, at that time, there were probably 20, right? So effectively, there was no competition. And we were coming into this incredible, what we believed was an untapped market, But, you know, that you, you can't be sure because it, it, it's like the old story of, of the two salesmen who go to China to sell shoes. And the one comes home saying, it's a terrible market. You know, no one has any shoes. And the other one comes home saying, this is an incredible market. The potential is massive. But obviously, you've got to encourage people to wear shoes. So, you know, it, 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 there was a bit of that about it. And we all had like all entrepreneurs we had um a belief a complete belief and probably a mad belief that you know we were right um and that the world or at least the london at least london in in, in at that time was awaiting a coffee bar experience like the one we were going to give them because we we took the coffee bar concept which was in london at the time was really mainly you know, terrible coffee, very often instant coffee, served in very grubby, you know, not very nice formica top tables. Um, you know, the, the environment wasn't very good at all. And we took that basic concept and turned it around completely and developed something, you know, completely new for, for the Londoners, which was an amazing coffee in a beautiful environment, served, you know, really professionally by, by professional baristas, um, and that actually was a completely new concept for this country. So there was no direct competition at the time. Allow me to challenge you a little bit. Going back to that time on a day-to-day -day basis, what steps did you take to identify your actual competition or in your case, identify there is no actual competition? 
Um, well, we, we, we walked around London. We, we looked at what was out there. Um, we visited a lot of coffee bars. And actually what we did, we, we found a, a very small, you wouldn't even call them a chain. We found five coffee bars that was under one ownership and, and we bought them. I mean, that's how we kind of got going very quickly. Because if we had started entirely independently with one coffee bar, it would have taken us a lot, lot longer to get going. So we bought the five. Um, and yeah, we knew, we knew about Costa. I mean, we obviously knew a lot about Starbucks in America because our, our chairman and the kind of the guy who really brought the four of us together, the four original sort of, you know, co-founders, if you like, he's American. So he, he knew Starbucks really well, but they weren't in London at the time. So, we, you know, we, we had a pretty good knowledge of the market just from walking around and talking to people. Um, and then I had a knowledge of the German market, the Austrian market, the French market, because I was brought up in those three countries. Um, so I had a very good knowledge of competitors, but that were outside, obviously, of, of the UK. But at the end of the day, you know, you've got to do your research. Um, yeah, we didn't have Google then, so you actually had to go around walking. Okay, thank you for this. Um, I want to take it back to the first question when we talked about wants and needs. And if there are all of these variables, such as problems, needs, wants, targets, etc., and they are constantly changing in the beginning of a startup, it would take me forever to constantly monitor what everyone is doing which just makes me think how important is competition from other startups at the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey? Is it worth the time? Well, there, there, there is good competition and there is bad competition. If you're coming into a market as a, as a startup and you identify you know, two or three big competitors who are doing something very, very similar, then... <laughs> Clearly, you've got to be worried and you have to work out what you're going to do differently, better or whatever. I mean, you you need to have some kind of uh, differentiation. Without that, you're not going to survive. But a lot of people, a lot of of entrepreneurs, when they're starting up, you worry too much, not just about, not so much about competition. Sometimes they don't worry about competition enough. And I see a lot of competitive analysis that, you know, show that this idea, this startup is unique. Very, very, very rare that something is completely unique. And maybe they haven't really been honest with themselves about the competitors out there or haven't, haven't understood enough about them. But more than that, I think most, um, most people, most entrepreneurs doing startups worry about being copied. You know, that, that is an even bigger worry. Um, and the thing I would say in this country particularly is you know you shouldn't worry about being copied. You know what you want to do is get your idea out there quickly, get it to market, and build your business very fast. The reality is, you know, um, in this country, luckily, competition is very that type of new competition is very rare. In America, I think you know I'd be more wary. Um, but but over here, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs come to me with ideas and want me to sign an NDA, and you know. We, no one signs NDAs anymore. They're, they're just a waste of time, really. You, you've just got to believe in what you've got and, and get going. With Nero, I mean, we, we had a really interesting experience with competition because we, we were kind of a, we were a startup, really. And um, about six months into our startup, uh, we probably had uh, eight coffee bars by then. 
um, you know, I, I woke up one day to open the paper to find out that Starbucks had bought our main competitor in, in, in the UK. I, I forgot to mention there was another competitor who um, actually had 50 coffee bars, um, but we, we didn't like them. We didn't think they were very good. And we'd kind of discounted them. Um, and lo and behold, Starbucks came in and, and bought them. So overnight, we went from having very, very little competition to having, you know, a, a, this sort of huge, even then they were huge, um, competitor, you know, sitting on our doorstep. Um, and we, we were really, really worried because we thought, well, you know, they, they've got so much money, they're just going to take us out of the game. Um, they'll be able to outbid us on all the... Uh, all the leases that we're, 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 we're trying to get um, and they, they, they will force us out. Um, and actually what happened is that Starbucks um, started to rebrand these 50 coffee bars and spent millions of pounds on advertising. And what they did is they developed the market in a way that we could never have afforded to. So they went out and bought huge amounts of advertising. Suddenly, everyone was talking about coffee. So, you know, ironically, this huge competitor that we were worried about actually became really helpful to us. And, and you know, arguably, without Starbucks coming in, it would have been much, much harder for us to grow because then people started to understand about premium coffee. But, you know, premium coffee is just one element of our of, of, of what we offer, you know, in that hierarchy of needs, premium coffee is up there. And, you know, Starbucks had a pretty good coffee. Um, but then what happened is people went to Starbucks, enjoyed the coffee, but didn't enjoy the, uh, the, the type of experience they were having. They didn't like, you know, the decor. Um, it was very impersonal, you know, and, and we were doing things differently. We became, you know, very much part of the community. We, we were, uh, you know, they were very American. Most of all, they were very American. And we were very continental Italian. And so people then made their choice between the American experience and the Italian continental experience. And lo and behold, we found that a lot of people preferred, actually then made the choice of going to Cafe Nero rather than Starbucks. So, you know, a massive competitor actually helped us in the market. It's quite funny how this turned out. Uh, they spent so much money on advertising and then they advertise you. That's great. That's great. Um, to, to wrap this all up, what I wanted to speak about was one of our podcasts that we did a while ago with someone named Alejandro Peñas. He's also an entrepreneur, co-founder of Dos Planos. It's a great episode, guys. Check it out. And he said the same thing as you, pretty much. It's very unlikely that you're going to be the first person with an idea. And there's a chance for it. Don't count on it. The bigger chance is that that idea is probably wrong. So in a sense, if you see that there are competitors out there, there is this level of competition that could probably arise only if you two are perfect substitutes. That means you're solving the same problem for the same people. But otherwise, it actually proves a market need. If there are other people coming up with this idea just like you, they know that the problem is out there. So you're letting other businesses kind of also do the market research for you. So is competition terrible? I mean, it's obviously not great. I, I, there's no way I can come up with this conclusion from this podcast that competition is always amazing. But it proves a market need. It can show you the different approaches there are, how to solve a problem. And it also allows you to step back and find out how you can differentiate yourself and how you can cater to the most important part 
of every business, the customer. In just 16 minutes, you have become smarter about building your business. Thank you for listening to this episode. And if you want to continue learning, click the follow button and share the podcast with your friends to show how committed you are to building the next big thing. My name is Kurosh Kafari, and just like you, I'm an almost founder. Until next week, goodbye.